It's time once again for another chapter of The Rich Heart Show, broadcasting live around the world from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, please welcome your host, international business dynamics coach, real estate broker, and wealth finance and people consultant, Rich Hart. Yes, good afternoon. Hey, welcome back to another edition of The Rich Hart Show. Hey, today, we have a very, very special guest with me, Dr. Gene Greisman. Today, we're going to be talking about time management, leadership, diversity, and change management. Management? What's management? I don't know what management is, but let's just call it management. All right, but what makes people successful while engaging in communication of story as a thought leader and business professional in today's diverse and ever-changing environments? Dr. Gene Greisman, welcome to The Rich Heart Show. And I'm glad to be with you. Thank <laughs> you. Andy. Super duper. Gene, um, tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, you, there's a there's a, just a ton of host of great information out here and what you've done in the communication worlds, but also within time management, leadership, diversity, and change management. Who is Gene Greisman? Well, I guess one side of me is I interview successful people, people who are high achievers. And I guess that's the beginning of my story that might be relevant here. And that Good. is that I uh, had a chance to do television with very famous people, Ted Turner Superstation, which eventually morphed into CNN and many other networks. Right. But I was there at the beginning at creation. And in the door, I had a chance to interview some of the most famous people in the world. And uh, I discovered that whether I was talking to Tennessee Williams or Jack Lemmon or Ray Charles or, <laughs> or uh, Loretta Lynn or Helen Gurley Brown, when mm. I asked what made you successful, I got the same answers. Right. And what was that answer? Well, uh, they tended to cluster. Okay. And, and I looked at those clusters, those answers, and I wrote a book called The Achievement Factors, which attracted a good bit of attention. Okay. And I identified uh, seven, eight, nine of those factors that show up again and again in very successful careers. Love it, love it, love it. Out there. You know, so when we take a look at some of your achievements and the successes, which we're going to get into, um, your seems to be, and then during our conversations, your greatest success is, is working as in developing the character of our 16th president. That's right. I guess I'm best known now for, for my portrayal of Abraham Lincoln. And that came out of these interviews and out of the book, The Achievement Factors. I'd started doing speeches on what makes people highly successful in right. a career. And I, I, it dawned on me that um, everybody doesn't respond to communication the same way, right. a, a speech or a keynote. Sure. So I thought, why don't I create a one-man play about some person who embodies these achievement factors, these themes? And after casting about for a while, I, I thought, why not Abraham Lincoln? Sure. He's, but why he, Lincoln? That's Well, that's Lincoln, Lincoln is, is America's best uh, high achievement story, if you think about it. Right. Uh, born literally in a cabin in the backwoods with no money, no connections. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that much about you, but it would be a good story, and maybe you'll be president one day. But uh, it, I don't it, think so. But it, anyway. It, 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 I'm not sure you'd want to be, but anyway. Uh, so he goes from log cabin to White House. Right. He has less than uh, 
uh, uh, one year of schooling, right. and that wasn't all at the same time, little backwood schools. Yeah, right. Yet he goes on to write three of the finest pieces ever written in the English language, the Gettysburg Address, First right. and Second Inaugural Address. Exactly. Um, this is a high achievement story. Sure it is, without a doubt. All right, during his time, too, as well, even during his time, the amount of adversities he had to endure um, from the times all right, had to be immense. All right, and so for you to really get involved in what Lincoln was doing, um, there really has to be some study out there to understand where Lincoln was and, and, and basically the drives and successes themselves that was really portrayed all right, in his life. Well, actually, I think that many of the people who are listening to your show have self-identified that they want to be successful. Sure. And, and there might be that small number of people who have success given to them. Right. They inherit a large amount of money, and, and so they simply invest it maybe. Not right. simply, but invest it wisely. Sure. But then the overwhelming number of Americans and people around the world sure. uh, don't get success handed to them. They often right. start out with nothing. Sure. And and so people can identify with Abraham Lincoln. They right. they can say, By golly, if he could do it with nothing, sure. I can too. And and I think that's the enduring story of Abraham Lincoln. And and also uh, it was not it was an uneven uh, path. It was not easy. Yeah, right. More, yeah. Uh, uh, two steps forward, one back. Uh three forward, two back. Sure, uh, exactly. A, a, as, a, as a matter of fact, uh, eight months before Lincoln got the nomination to be uh, the uh, Republican candidate uh, for president, uh, he made a speech in Milwaukee, and nobody showed up. <laughs> he was that unknown. He was that wow. unpopular. Uh, uh, yeah, right. And, and just a few months later, the tide changes, and here he is a candidate for president. How do we bring, and what are the most important leadership qualities that Lincoln has brought up uh, that we can use today? Uh, you know, we've, we've just gone through a whole dynamic change of baby boomers and senior generations and the generations. Now we're entering a larger scope already of millennials. And so what are the principles and practices and things themselves from a leadership standpoint, from a success standpoint, all right, that Lincoln all right, has it been able to bring up and could actually help us today? I think you can seize on several lessons that, uh, ca uh, that can be drawn from his career. For, uh, for one, uh, he did not let any failure be final. He did not let uh, a defeat define him. So when you look at the Lincoln story over and over again, you see setbacks and right. then a, a success that encourages him. Yeah. We have to have some success along sure. the way. It's not un, if it's unremitting uh, failure, we get discouraged and we quit. Right. But uh, he, he comes back. He keeps coming back, and he keeps learning from his failures. Sure. And, and so it is the lesson that we don't let any failure be final. Sure, right. But exactly. when we have a failure, when we have a setback, we stop and we say, okay, is this because it's a bad idea? Right. Or is it a good idea and I didn't do it at the right time? Sure. Or I didn't communicate it properly. Right, exactly. Or I didn't communicate it to the right person. Sure. So that's one of the, the very big lessons. I guess there's a second right. that you, you might be able to draw from Lincoln uh, for our discussion here. And that is he surrounded himself with people who knew 
uh, more than he knew who who could do what he could not do. And that's the story of Lincoln. I think he learned that. He learned to appreciate diversity. He learned uh, to accept, not, not only accept people who are different, on the frontier, they would welcome generally somebody who came in, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, uh, had a skill that the others didn't have, right, exactly. but they might be different. He learned that if a person can do something uh, uh, that is different or see something that the others don't see, that's valuable. So when he gets to be president, right. people look at this uh, at Lincoln and they say, oh, my God, what have we done? Here's a small-town <laughs> lawyer, and, and uh, we are— uh, on the edge of a civil war. Seven states had already seceded, seceded by the time right, exactly. Lincoln became president. And so they say, we've got this small-town lawyer. What in the world are we going to do? Right. Lincoln knew what they did not know. He had learned a principle early on that he could surround himself with people who could do what he couldn't do, know what he did not know. And so he created the most diverse cabinet Right. ever assembled in American history. He had, he had Republicans and Democrats, and, uh, and he had liberals and conservatives, and he had people from all parts of the country. And these uh, people quarreled with one another and, and made fun of him and the others. Right, exactly. But he kept them on the team as long as they made a contribution. And I think that's very important because of the fact itself that even today, in today's um, several different environments, from business, business leadership, business developments, politics, spiritual side, everything out there is that we we really have to tend ourselves or actually surround ourselves with with the good people. Okay. Individuals themselves that we know that we can. And I I'm hundred percent believer on that. I know that I can't do everything. And so bringing the right people in. We often say that they through adversities themselves, we have to make certain challenges, choices and decisions. And as we make those challenges and choices and decisions, whether they're gonna be right or wrong, all right, hopefully we're gonna learn somewhere along the lines and how do we apply that. All right, and hopefully we bring a lot of other individuals and cells into the successful, and to help us, and that's what you know from from a leadership spe- you know perspective today, uh, it's very important in themselves for individuals, especially I think from a millennial standpoint, knows that you can't do it by yourself, and so there's many other sources and resources and, and different ways to obtain information, all right, to get you from here, all right, level here to a higher level of what we call success. Let me pick up on something you just said, sure. and you said finding the right people. That is a skill in and of itself. Sure. Uh, it's one thing to be committed to surrounding yourself with people who have skills you don't have, sk- uh, you don't have yourself, right. but to get the right people. For Lincoln, that was a learning experience. Lincoln went through a bunch of generals right. before he got to uh, two generals, uh, three generals, really, that he needed. Uh, for example, he had... A, a good number of generals who were good uh, tactical generals. They could right. win battles, but sure. they were not strategic generals. They didn't know how to win a war. Right, exactly. And so it was not until he found Grant, who was a pretty, he was actually a very good tactical general, but he was a strategic general, so he could put all the pieces together. He could see the whole map and see all of the forces uh, uh, together. Right. So uh, the larger picture is this, learning to get the right person. Right. And you may make some mistakes sure. along the way, but here's what Lincoln was willing to do. He was willing to move that person into another position right. and find the other. For example, Meade 
Uh, general Meade was the uh, one at Gettysburg, but he was a good tactical general, not a strategic general. He didn't fire Meade, but he made Meade a part of the larger, the larger picture and, picture, and right. reported to Grant eventually. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, to bring all this into light and how you bring this to today's audience and today's their hearts, their ears, and their minds, uh, you, it's a certain voice that you bring to the platform on this, and this certain voice of leadership already is really um, engaging to a lot of folks nowadays because they, they want to obtain higher level success. They want to get to that particular point. Sometimes they just don't know how to get there. All right, But it's, it's, it's proven out here that past experiences and looking through um, the time of history, we've had some very, very unique leaders, and, and Lincoln has definitely proven to be that unique leader out there. And sometimes we, may, we just may discount it. All right, but now bringing the voice of Lincoln, all right, to the platform and the stage. What are the most important points that people themselves are walking away with? One one of the lessons that I talk about in the Achievement Factors, that first book that I wrote about high achievers, was how teachable high achievers are. And mm-hmm. Lincoln is teachable. He's learning. Right. Um, and uh, so a lot of people are, are not teachable. Uh now, you can learn two ways. You can learn from something that happens to you, right. both your success and your failure. Many people don't learn much from success, so they don't repeat it. <laughs> That's exactly they, right. They study their failure, but they don't study their success and say, why was I successful this time and not in previous efforts? Right. The second thing is you don't have to do all the learning yourself uh, uh, from personal experience. Right. You can study other people. Now, here's a basic principle that will always work. And it's this. If you want to do something well, find someone who does really well what you want to do and emulate it. There you go. Right. And that will take you a long way. So I have studied successful people and have tried to emulate some of the things they do. Lincoln did the same thing. For example, he made up his mind he wanted to be a lawyer. So he would go down to the courthouse, and when he heard a great lawyer coming into town to plead a case, Lincoln was out there studying him. Exactly. Look at that. So I study leaders. Uh, You're a professional speaker. I am, too. Uh, We go to the National Speakers Association, where some of the best people in the world at what we do are out there for us to study and learn from. And so we are learning from successful people. Without a doubt. And that's the very unique opportunity we have in order to really bring our skills, talents, tools, and resources with the voice to this platform, all right, to make it very unique for our listeners' eyes, ears, and hearts, and minds. Hopefully they'll take away something very, very important, whether it be leadership, all right, whether we're talking about themselves of management or any type of diversity or change management. um, Equally important, all right, for somebody at least to walk away with at least one golden nugget. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere along the lines. Hey, today we're talking with Dr. Gene Greisman, Gene Greisman Associates. If you'd like to get a hold of Gene, all right, you can reach him at... PresidentLincoln.com or 404-435-2225. Um, or we could probably also reach at Abe, A-B-E, at MindSpring.com. <laughs> hey, so Gene, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about as a thought leader all right, in communication. We, we hit it on the topic of surrounding yourself with great people and teaming people. What are some of the people that you already have brought into your team? All right, the type of individuals, because we said individuals, uh, it's very hard to find the right people. All right, and you've changed, you've done just an array 
of different types of engagement with with people. There's got to be some people in your life that you have brought into your fold, the success fold. Tell me about some of those people. Well, I can tell you this, that I, I have learned what works best for me, and I've found that I work best as a solo operator who has an absolutely dependable assistant. Good. And and through my academic years, I have had fantastic executive assistants. Really? And and so I learned early on, and uh, one of the people I interviewed was Mary Kay. Oh, really? She said, you should find someone who can do the $10 an hour work if you're if you're more your time is worth more, more than ten dollars an hour yeah. and so I have had incredible executive assistants who've stayed with me for years for Good. example my current assistant has been with me for 10 or 12 years the same all through my academic career and I I know that I I don't enjoy having a large number of direct reports, right. and and I don't know how effective I am. Maybe I'd be more effective if I were good at that, but I just like doing it uh, as uh, because I do a lot of writing, right? Exactly. And so uh, I would have to be spending time managing a team, right. uh, and I and and that's not what I want to do. So I've be, done best with one person who's really good. Incidentally, there that is a principle of success too. Uh, some of the most powerfully successful uh, individuals, CEOs of companies, have always had a great number two. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Roberto Gasueda, who was the longtime CEO of Coca-Cola, right. the Gasueda School of Business is named after him at, at Emory, had a fantastic uh, a COO number two. Right, exactly. So yeah. find a great number two. And Lincoln knew that too, and so he got a great number two. There you go. There you go. Is there, um, is there a key? Is there three things, one thing, two things that we should be looking for, all right, for our audience out there to say, all right, I'm looking for a leader, looking for a number one, number one, number two person. Is there a quality, a trait that really sticks out the most, all right, and really working with the dynamics of an individual uh, according to your personality? According to your ability, that's a terrific question. Let me think as I go. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't been asked that actually before. Uh, I would I would say first of all, you want somebody who is really competent. Good, competent. In which way are we talking? Uh, Educational? Are we talking technology? No, comp- the ability to do a job well. Good, superb. And and so you do not want to delegate to somebody who is going to mess things up. Right. So you've got to have someone who is competent so that once you have delegated it to them, uh, they're going to do it right. And that's why I keep the family in it. <laughs> well, uh, and then I would applaud that having met them. Uh, <laughs> um, and the, the second thing is that they have to... <laughs> that's the family clapping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, the second thing is, not only must they do it right, right, it's not just being smiley and nice and good. They have to be competent. Right. Uh, number two, and sometimes they're not smiley and nice. You may have to be the smiley That's right. guy out front. Exactly. While somebody who is a doer might be behind the scenes. Right. Uh, number two, that person has to be able to take responsibility. If you delegate to that person, you have to know 
that they're going to do it. Yes. You don't want to come back two days later and find out, oh, I forgot, or I, I, I got caught up doing something else. Number three, if, if they are going to be a number two, they have to be happy being number two. Exactly. They, they must not be restless and really want to be number one right. because either they're going to try to push you aside or you'll lose them. Exactly. So they have to get satisfaction out of being number two. And also a part of being a great number two, as I talk about in the book, is one of the keys to high achievement is to discover what you're good at. There you go. And some people are not good number ones. No, not at all. They are, But not they try to be and they fail. Yeah. Or they're mediocre at it. Some people are not good at number two. Uh, and so a person has to say, I am really a great support person. So right. those are the three. Number one, competence. Two, responsibility. And third, being good, uh, being happy, happy at being number two. That's very, I mean, very great points out there. You know, it, in our communication world, the speakers world, we say there, there are individuals that are great keynoters. All right, and there are individuals that are, are great breakout folks. Absolutely. Okay? And But there is those two twains. Where are those two twains? It, you can't be a great, or it's very hard, let's put it this way, very hard to be a great keynoter and a great breakout. Okay, uh, It's either you make a great keynote or you make a great breakout. You know, What are your feelings on that? I'm, I totally agree. I'm thinking right now of a person, I'll not call his name. He's a terrific person. He's been president of NSA. He uh, has won all the awards that you can win in the National Speakers Association. Right. He is a terrific person before an audience of, say, up to two or 300. But I have listened to him before, at a, before an audience of 1,000 or 2,000, and he just does not have that it That's right. to hold 1,500 or 2,000. Yeah, That's tough. That's yeah, tough because you've got a very short span uh, to collect the bargaining chips in a keynote. Well, it's it's uh, uh, that's that's the rational part about right. it, and I think there's also perhaps something else that's uh, chemistry, perhaps metaphysical, uh, charismatic. You either have it or you don't. That's right, exactly, exactly. Um, let's go back to this this whole idea of success. All right, we we've, we've kind of touched on it through this whole segment out here, but your view of success, achieving and reaching some higher levels. Um, we've had some conversations offline and online about success. What is your definition? Well, I, I make a distinction, and when I wrote the achievement factors, I'd often uh, be asked, and I would elaborate on that idea. Here I'm talking about career success. Right. Okay. A lot of people who are successful in uh, their career are not successful in their family. That's right, exactly. Uh, in fact, they're dismally. And why is that, Doji? Well, why? often, often it takes so much time yeah. to be successful in their career that they're taking away time from from their uh, family. Right. For example, just before we went on the air, I looked at a, a letter that Robert Lincoln wrote about his father. Mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln spent almost no time with Robert in his formative childhood years, right. Lincoln was riding the judicial circuit and was often gone for five or six months at a time. So he did not watch Robert grow up. Right. And, yes. and, and so uh, with the other children, it was different. Right. But uh, but he he and Robert later on said I I, I barely know my father. So that's a price that he paid. Mm -hmm. um, now. Finding a balance between the two, and I've right. known people who have said, you know, I'm I'm going to have to 
sacrifice uh, on the career side sure. in order to do this, or perhaps they segment it and they say, "Okay, I'm going to do this for a while, sure, and exactly. I, then I'm going. I've, I've got, uh, in my case, 120 years to do the rest." Yeah. Um, uh, and success, effort, success that was an is effort at yeah. humor, which you missed. Uh, in fact, we everybody got missed. We got it. <laughs> but success is definitely consuming, and it consume it can consume you. All right, in order trying to get to that level of reaching it. All right, but that balance, okay, is extremely important. We never really reach that whole full level of balance. But success already uh, in your world. What's the definition of success in your world? I mean, you've you've done some great work. You've met and, and worked with some great people over the many, many years. Um, your involvement through the National Speakers, that's where we first um, got hooked up out there. Um, your involvement in what you've done uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually through this communication world has really impacted a great deal of people in and around you. How do you define that? Well, <clears throat> well, as I'm now on the back nine, <laughs> um, uh, uh, I, I have to think a good bit about that. And uh, so the career success has brought me some opportunities right. that, that uh, are enduring. Good. Uh, and uh, some recognition that is, uh, feels good. Right. Um, but I also have to think about what is success. And when I do my Lincoln one-man play, uh, I uh, end by uh, Lincoln wishing the audience success and he quotes from uh, a piece that has been attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it goes something like this. What is success? To laugh often and much. To win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children. To earn the admiration of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends. To appreciate beauty. To look for the best in others to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden plot, a redeemed social condition, to know that even one soul has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to have succeeded. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's words that people all need to live by. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, in the achievement factor and the tactics of very successful people, and Lincoln speaks for leaders, takeaways all right, from your books all right, for our listeners so they can get involved in what you see and what you've done and what you've developed over the many years. Let me pick out one story from the achievement factors, and I've used it. I use it still when I do a follow-up seminar on how to communicate like Lincoln. Okay. Um, it's a story of Mary Kay. Uh, one of the one of the nine themes that shows up in the achievement factors is the ability to focus short term, long term. Right. Uh, focus short term is intensity, paying total mm-hmm. and complete attention. That's right. And that'll work whether you're an actor or a speaker or whether you're put it, making a watch or 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 all sorts of things. Without a doubt. Um, and so. <clears throat> I did an interview with Mary Kay, and you liked this story, so I'll I'll repeat it. Uh, Mary Kay told me that uh, long before she started her uh, highly successful cosmetics business, she went to hear a very famous speaker speak, and she said that she stood in line, it seemed like, forever to shake the great man's hand. And when she got to the front of the line and she shook hands with him, she said he did not see me at all. All the time I was talking to him, 
he was looking over my shoulder to see how many more people were in line. There you go. And she said, I went away hurt and disappointed, and she said, quite frankly, angry. Hmm. And I made a vow that day that if I was ever in a position that he was in, if I was ever successful, I would not behave that way. And she said, that day I started playing a game. I imagine that everybody that I meet has a sign around their neck. (laughs) And on that sign, these words, make me feel important. And all the time I'm talking to them, I'm trying to make them feel important. Let me fast forward. Some uh, couple of years later, I'd done a keynote at uh, Gatlinburg. And after I finished making the speech, I went over to uh, the exhibition area where her company uh, had a display. I hate to call them booths. Um, and so, uh, as you can imagine, if I play Lincoln, <laughs> I have to give cues around here. There you go. You're good. You're right. You're in. You're in. You're in. So, <laughs> we missed the first one. Uh, well, we're good on the second. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think i got to do another one later on. But anyway, uh, so uh, uh, there are two women from Mary Kay Cosmetics. So I bound up to them, and I announced that I have interviewed uh, their CEO. And one of the women says to me, let me tell you about Mary Kay. When Mary Kay meets you, she takes your hand and she clasps it between both of hers. She looks you straight in the eye. And for that moment, you're the only person in the room. Make me feel important. Yep. Focusing on that. In, in in my world from a speaking side, I we address focus. I always address focus. My acronym out there is the first opportunity in order to create unlimited success. Yeah. And for an acronym out there um, to have the opportunity to work as many people as you had, and including Mary Kay out there, um, it seemed to be a, definitely a certain blessing, all right, in disguise, mm-hmm. without a doubt, mm-hmm. without a doubt. The make me feel important um, makes me want to think. Makes me think every time that I'm now conversing and communicating and working with different individuals, all right, especially from the generations, all right, from our see, uh, silent generations and our senior generations down to the baby boomers to millennials. We're seeing communication in so many gaps and so many different levels. And to really bring that down, make me feel important. That's a learned response. Unbelievable. It's 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 not something that comes naturally uh, with baby's milk. <laughs> uh, it is something you have to learn to do because right. uh, the baby in the crib is, I'm important. Bring me this food now. Right. Hold exactly. me now. That's right. Exactly. And so you have to get past that because and and many people uh, throughout their whole lives. Uh, 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 they are continuing to say, I want to be important, recognize me as being important. And they do not realize right. that a path to be, taking, to be taken seriously themselves yeah. is to make the other person feel, feel important. important. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, today, folks, themselves, we were talking to Dr. Gene Greisman, Dr. Gene Greisman Associates. Um, you can reach Gene, 404-435-2225, presidentlincoln.com. You can also reach him at Abe, A-B-E, at mindspring.com. Dr. Gene Greisman, any last thoughts, things themselves you'd like to leave with our our listeners today? Well, let me make the listener feel important. Good. And that is if uh, they will send, if if you as a listener will send me an email, abe at mindspring.com, I'll send you 29 of my favorite time savers from Time Tactics of Very Successful People. And no cost at all, just shoot me an email and say send time savers, and Love I'll be it. happy to do it. Love it, love it. Hey, thanks, Gene. Dr. Gene Greisman, thank you very much for being on the show today. Thank I you, We look forward to My seeing pleasure. you in the future. Pleasure's on mine. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us and our guests on The Rich Heart Show. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of The Rich Heart Show, brought to you in part by Rich Heart Global Incorporated and the Evalucor Institute. For more information and to connect with the show host and sponsors, visit richheart.com or email us at rich at richheart.com.